this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Okay, testing. One, two, three. Can you hear me? Testing. One, two. Mic check. <laughs> we don't actually have mics. Tap, 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 Testing. <laughs> testing. I know my numbers. One, Marco. two. Polo. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty good for me throwing shit together. Yeah, it is good. I like it. I honestly don't know what to talk about right now. Oh. Well, it's only been a week, guys. Not much has happened lately in my world. Still not working yet. Um, I'm working, sort of. Well, I mean, every day of my life. But it's not been as busy. So, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. We went shopping today, though. We did. We got, we got matching dresses because we're those bitches. Except we're not going to wear them together because Holly would definitely wear it better than me. No. Yes. No. It is. It looks great on you too. It's. It's a really. It's one of those dresses. It's like. It's like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, except two different sizes. Yeah, I guess. But. <laughs> but it still looks great, and yeah. it's we're a just going to have to coordinate as well. Be yeah. like, hey, who's wearing the dress today? Flip the coin. Who gets the dress? Who gets dressed first? Usually Holly, because I have to work, and then I have to go home and change. Mm. So. <laughs> but it just depends on when we're together. That's true. Um, I did find a pair of shoes, great mustard-colored shoes for 10 bucks. And if I had been able to find another pair of shoes, I could have gotten them um, buy one, get one half off, because that was the sale. But I couldn't, because I'm picky. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up with a pair of shoes, too, which is a feat in itself. A feat in itself. <laughs> uh, oops. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> on par for the book. <laughs> oh, I've been I've been spending too much time with this book. But yes. um I'm picky about shoes, so that was where that sentence was going. <laughs> I'm picky about shoes too. However, I lucked out and found the most gorgeous pair of shoes. Yes. And they yes. fit perfectly. And it was great. So hi everybody. Hey, we're back. I know. We're still getting used to this doing an entrance thing. We're trying to figure out. Apparently, we're starting to run out of stories because we are in quarantine and can't make new ones. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, if you have any suggestions on what you want to hear about at the beginning of the episodes, let us know. Or, you know, it would be cool if, like, like, if they had questions for us. And then, like, at the beginning of an episode, we would answer a question. Yes. You know, like a like, getting to know us kind of thing. That would be amazing. That'd be cool. So if you guys are interested in anything about us, have any questions, send them in, and we'll definitely answer as an intro. That'd be neat. Cool. All right. So we're... We have to introduce the podcast. Oh, shit. We didn't do that last time. We didn't. We didn't introduce ourselves this time again <laughs> either. Oops. <sighs> okay, well, I'm Hollywood. And I'm Paige Turner. And you're listening to Booklet Podcast. I don't know why I said it like that. 
You get the point. <laughs> I like how our intro sounds, though. Like, we've got that part down. Yeah, yeah. Um, today we're we're bringing back an old favorite, continuing the the trilogy, the saga, the saga of um, what was the first one called? Kill the Kill farm, the farm boy. boy. <laughs> yeah, we're on the second one, No Country for Old Gnomes, and we loved. Well, I don't know. If it's our first time talking about it. I loved it. As much as I did the first one. What did you think? Oh, I loved it, too. Okay, good. I don't know that I loved it quite as much, mm. but it was still really good. I think it was very consistent. Like, it still had that same vibe of the first one, even though it was still a whole new storyline. And I think, and I appreciated that. Like, it, it carried it carried over the vibe well. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I like how it brought in new characters. Yeah. So it wasn't just a continuation of... All of the characters from the first book. Um, if right. you haven't listened to Kill the Farm Boy, go listen to it. It's a three-parter. It is hilarious. It is wonderful. Go check it out and then come back and see us. If you have already watched watched it, listen to listen it. Listen to it. Um, yeah, we will follow. There will be a couple of, of – what am I trying to say? I don't know. I'm hiccuping. I can't talk. I see that. <laughs> Um, some of the characters you will meet again in this book, they'll be back. Um, you'll notice a few little parts from the first book, but we have a whole new cast of characters to introduce you all to. Right. That's what I was trying to say. So if you haven't listened to the first one, um, this one will still make sense. You just won't catch, you just won't catch all the subtleties that are, you know, references from the last one. But it's, it's still a whole new story, so it still makes sense to listen to it by itself. True. So before we get started, we do have a couple of shout outs. Um, if you are on our Instagram, which if you listen to us, you should be. I did a couple weeks ago a guess what we're doing next month post. And I had two people that get a shout out. I've got Chills at Will podcast who went back through our stories and tried to take a guess. Um, didn't quite get it, but she tried or they tried and I'm very proud of them. So Hello to you all, and then also to Chimney Scrap. She got it. Um, didn't know the name of the book, but absolutely positively knew which book it was. Said it was a sequel to Kill the Farm Boy. And so she is the winner. Ding, 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 yay! Good job, good job, guys. That's awesome. Way to sisters, pay attention. So. <laughs> well, she really paid attention. <laughs> she did. Probably my biggest fan. Love you. Aw. We love sisters. And I have a lot of them. I have two. I have. There you go. There's your thing for today. Getting to know us. <laughs> oh yeah. I have I, two sisters, and you have a lot. I have nine siblings. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot, a lot. I, I'm happy with my two. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, thank you guys for participating on the Instagram. We appreciate it. Uh, if you aren't following us you can go over there now while you're listening to us it's booklet podcast on instagram and facebook and um you can email us at bookletpodcast at gmail.com um we're real easy to find i tried to make it as super simple as possible so okay well let's get into it Ooh, before we do our drink yes um so because life is still a little crazy right now 
um, things are opening back up, but they're not opening up, and... And they're not opening late enough. Yeah, they're so, closing early and ruining our shopping trips. Yes. Um, I just kind of threw together tonight's drink. It is a... Kind of a cross between a spritzer and a sangria. Mm-hmm. I used some cranberry juice, some white Zinfandel wine, some vodka, and then some... Some um, leftover wine in my fridge. Yeah, that say was white Zinfandel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, a splash of blood orange... Uh, bloopy water? What's the word I'm looking for? Bloopy water. Bloop, Um... Fizzy water. Yeah, that works. The bluey water. <laughs> oh, that's a story. So, <clears throat> uh, when I was younger, my dad was in the military. He was in the Navy. And we were stationed over in Italy, uh, in Naples. And we were traveling one time in at one of the touristy areas. I honestly don't remember where exactly we were because I was like eight, maybe nine. But we were traveling and we ordered water. And when you order water over in Europe... You get, well, especially in Italy, you get aqua minerale, which is, like, flat water like we have now. Or if you just order aqua, it's um, carbonated water. It's like San Pellegrino. Pellegrino? Is that how? No, wait. That's wine. San Pellegrino, whatever it is. I don't drink it. Anyway, that stuff. So, we're at this very touristy restaurant, and we order water, and the waiter says... Do you want water with bloop or without bloop? <laughs> so that is what's, what comes to my, that's why that comes to my brain. That's why you say bloopy water. Yes. Water with bloop. <laughs> that made more sense than just <laughs> bloopy. Yeah. And what's cool about this drink is it's like kind of like a almost bloody color. And there are glasses that we got of it in are like a, like a black stem. It's a, sh- a black stem to the flute. And it kind of gives off like a witchy vibe, yes. which is appropriate for the beginning of this book. Yes. So, so, even though we improvised, we're still on point. So, nice, nice. Okay, are you ready to dive in? Yeah, we're ready cool. to dive in. Let's do this. All right. So, the book starts with three witches, and they're getting together, and they're doing a spell, and we don't actually know the whole point of this part. It's a little bit weird, but it also, like, sucked me in because their banter back and forth is really funny. Um, but two of the witches are obviously, like, really good friends, and one of them answered an ad, basically, for a third witch to do a spell. And the third witch kind of takes over the spell and changes it from what it's supposed to be, and she's helping a war, is basically what she's she's doing. And you really need to read it, because, like with the book, it goes, or like with, like with the book stupid that is the book (laughs) with the first book they go back and forth the wordplay between the characters is part of what makes it absolutely amazing however um they add like a ton of blood to the potion and she says that it's to help the coming war and the other two can't figure out if it's to make it more war-ish or less war-ish but that's how it starts. Yeah. Helping helping the coming war. One of my favorite 
quotes, I guess, of the book, which we'll have to we'll have to pick a favorite quote. I already did somehow. <laughs> I don't know that I can pick a favorite. But I don't one know of my that... favorite. I actually screenshot this and sent it to Holly. It was the one and only thing I was going to say to her before we talked about the book together for the recording. And the two witches that are friends said, I don't think I like Girls' Night Out anymore. We could have stayed in with a bottle of Moscato and read the saucy bits of an anatomy book out loud in funny voices. And that is so us. (laughs) I I highlighted that one, too. (laughs) I was like, yes, we could drink Moscato for this first one. Like, perfect. Like, this is us. Yes. And that's, like, that's that's just, like, the intro. It doesn't really have any other significance than just being, I don't know, dramatic, I guess. Because it's being dramatic, and it introduces one of the characters we're going to talk about for a very small section. Yeah, later. yeah. So, anyway, starting the real story now. Um, yeah. Chapter one. <laughs> so Actually, it's two. Two. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I want to read, like, the very first paragraph real quick, because I just have to. Okay. That's okay. So, the, the story starts. In a hole in the ground, there lived a family of gnomes. Not a yucky, moist Gross hole filled with worm tails and old chicken bones, nor yet a dusty, crusty, sandy hole entirely lacking modern plumbing and ergonomic seating. It was a gnome home, and that meant tidiness and comfort. Please tell me you know. There are lots and lots of references. Oh my god, there are so many Lord of the Rings references in this book, and I am here for it. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. So Holly and I, I mean, obviously we're big book nerds, but we're like, we're kind of big nerd nerds. I am a big nerd nerd. (laughs) I am a huge, huge Lord of the Rings Hobbit fan. Um, there's also a few Star Wars references in here that I caught because I'm also a huge Star Wars fan. Like, and I didn't catch because uh, I'm not, but... Oh my god. I just... And with the book started with this... The very beginning of, like, the Hobbit book. And I just... I felt... I was like, yes. This is my... This is great. This is off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little wonky, but it got better. It was perfect. <laughs> perfect. Uh, Okay, so obviously we're talking about gnomes, so we're introducing our first two characters, Afi and Ani. They are these uh, twin gnomes, and uh, one of them is like like the golden boy gnome who's like, I don't know, he's all happy and cheerful and just perfect. And the other one, oh, that's Ani. Yeah, that's Ani. That's Ani. And then Afi is a twin brother who's very goth and decidedly unnomeric. Yes, and it's adorable because their version of a quote-unquote goth gnome is his sweaters are black, <laughs> and they still have, like, fun little things like they'll be crocheted like, into them. Yeah, like Labats instead yeah. of, like, I don't know, unicorns. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's a precious. It's precious. I love it. And Offie wears glasses, and he doesn't really do all of, like, the happy, cheerful gnomes are perfect. Yeah. Things. Not like your, you know, your garden gnome that you would picture, all cheerful and colorful. I He's know, like, that's my kind of garden gnome. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Which okay. is pretty cool. That's something, if you all don't know, I am in love with gnomes. I adore gnomes. Especially, Aww. like, the little Christmas ones where all you see are their pointy hats and their noses and their beards. Oh, my God, I love Aww. them. I love them. I didn't know that. That's so cute. Yes. Aww. Aww. They're like adorable. garden gnomes, yeah, Romeo and Juliet, and oh, that was so cute. Sherlock gnomes, I love them. Oh my gosh, I love them. that was a good movie. 
Um, anyway, so they're talking about how uh, halflings, uh, who also live in this nearby area, they have taken to blowing up gnome homes for seemingly no reason. Um, but not all the halflings, though. It's a specific group. Uh, they're called the Dastardly Rogues under Bigley Wick, and the leader is named Mark. How did you say it? Marky. Marky Dick. Marky Dick. <laughs> Marky Dick. <laughs> Marky Dick. And, um, yeah, so they're talking about, you know, oh, so-and-so's home got blown up the other day. You know, yeah, this, this is getting pretty bad. And all of a sudden, boom, their house gets blown up. And their dad is kind of an inventor, like a tinker. Yeah. And he created these... Um, Warnings and ways to, you can see every time you clap. It's funny. Oh, oops. <laughs> um, the, he he created uh, safeguards almost for when your house gets blown up. So they their house, they're fine. It gets blown up, but everything's kind of separated. It kind of reminded me of like an underground Titanic because it like all the compartments are separated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they get out just fine. Their parents had like go bags packed and hidden, which I thought was precious and adorable. And but they but get also kind of sad that they had to have Well, yeah, these but, bags prepared because things these things are happening. Right. But but it's really cute that Yeah. So Afi and Ani and their parents they escape and um Oh, and so they head for the refugee center that's in Brooding, a couple towns over, I guess. Right. So um, they, they head out. Um, this is where we introduce Kiersey, who is another gnome. Uh, she has a huge crush on Ani. And uh, so... She gets all squishy when she thinks of yeah, him. Yeah, she gets squishy. That is now how I'm going to refer <laughs> to having a quit A question. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me all squishy. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but it's cute when she says it. It is. Why isn't it cute when I say it? I don't know. I guess because it's not normal. <laughs> I'm not normal. I guess. <laughs> she gets all squishy when she sees him. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. But Kiersey has a special ability. Yes, she's what is called a bristle witch. So, no women also have beards. And... So her ability is that if she she plucks one of her beard hairs, it doesn't have to be a beard hair. That's it true. Just has to be a hair hair. That's true. That's just true. So she plucks a hair, and then she ties a knot in it. Mm-hmm. And then she whispers a curse. But then she has to eat it, which is so gross. I know. Uh, ew. Uh, ew. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but. She is able to curse things, and she feels really, like, self-conscious and down because her grandmother, who was also a bristle witch, she was able to bless things. And, yeah. And that's all her magic could do was bless things. And people would come from all over to get blessings. But Kiersey can only curse things, and so she hardly ever uses it mm-hmm. because... They're gnomes. Gnomes are happy little things. Why are they, Why would they curse things? Right. Or curse people. Um, so she feels really down about it, and she wishes that she could get, be able to bless things. But especially in this instance when she's, I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit, she is sitting and she can see 
Afi and Ani's house getting firebombed. Yes. Um, and so she curses the halflings that are doing it. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of sees a little bit of a, well, I wish I could do blessings, but hey, cursing works sometimes. Yeah. Because cool. for all she knows, Afi and Ani and her, their parents are dead. Right. So she's she, like, at least I can avenge them a little bit, you know? Yes. So um, she, like, I don't know if the halflings die, but, like, she really fucks them up, though. Like, I don't remember what she does, but, like, it's really Alfie painful. Alfie and Ani kill and, one of them. Okay, yeah. You remember? They yeah, they do. They upside the head? They do kill one, but I don't know if Cursey killed one. But I, mean, I guess that doesn't really matter. Right. Point is, she cursed them, and then she realizes, you know, this is getting pretty bad. I should probably get out of here before I get killed. So she runs off to brooding as well to find the refugees in her. Um, but on her way, she gets swept away while trying to cross a creek. And she gets, she just kind of gets carried away, way out of her way. And then she get, finally gets out of the creek and she sees a little house and she approaches it for some some help. Right. So this is totally out of order it's going back to the beginning. But, again, I love how they say things in here. Afi and Ani um, have to go get horses for their family so that they can can travel to brooding. Yeah. While they're trying to get the horses, they pass some halflings. And it says that Ani hated everything about the halfling. He was greasy, reeked of onions and butt musk, and was covered with coarse curly hair that made Ani's neck itch. I love the fact that they said he smelled like onions and butt musk. <laughs> <laughs> the whole language of this book is just it's amazing. It's flipping. I love hilarious. how they I love how everyone talks and everyone has their own way of speaking too. Yes. They all have their own speech patterns and language and it's they're not all talking in the same dialect. And I think that's really creative and really Amazing. It, it That's shows really some good of the writing. brilliance of the authors because yes. they were able to create such varied and dynamic characters yeah. in this fun and happy adventure type story where you still have these like deep nuggets, but you're also like laughing so hard you almost pee yourself sometimes. Yeah. Or that could just be me. No, no, it's it's really funny. Okay. Um so leaving the gnomes for a little bit, um, we're introducing a halfling named Falken. And no, I'm not saying fucking. I'm saying Falken. <laughs> we had to do a little discussion on how to pronounce some of these names. It's it's F-A-U-C-O-N. It's Falken. It's Falken. I mean, there's no other way to say that. So this guy, he is a, did I say hobbit? I didn't say hobbit, did I? They're not called hobbits. They're called halflings. Yeah, they're not hobbits. I know. Sorry if I say that. No hobbits. They're, they're halflings. They're halflings. He's a halfling. <laughs> um, and he's working with the, the drubs. Um, he doesn't like them. He's not one of them. But um, he also doesn't like gnomes because he blames them for the tragic death of one of his loved ones. And so he works with the drubs as kind of a, uh, you know, a common cause. Yeah, kind of a enemy of your enemy is my friend. Right, or right. enemy of my enemy is my friend. That, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, he is currently about to ambush somebody who is in a hut. 
and uh, he needs to retrieve an artifact from them that Dick wants. I'm not even going to try to say his first name, because I'm never going to say it right. <laughs> he's called, he's, he is a dick. He is, he's a, I would say a giant dick, but he's only a halfling, so he's like a medium-sized dick. <laughs> he's like an average dick. An average dick. <laughs> oh, no. No, there are a couple quotes in this book <laughs> that are like... I was going to say them later, but I want to say it now. Like one of them, like Gustav. Ooh. Do, do we want to say that now? Okay. Gustav is in the book. Spoiler alert. Gustav is in this book. So he meets uh, Dick, and he says something like, oh, so you're uh, the big dick or whatever. <laughs> you're he the says, biggest dick I've heard says, so much about. Yeah, he, he's like, you're a lot smaller and wrinklier <laughs> than I thought you'd be. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and there are a couple of, 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 quotes of like lines that. like that. Like, yes. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> and it's great because it, like they're so serious about it, but you can tell it's a joke. It's just it's beautiful. Excuse me. Anyway, um, so he he is trying to get this artifact from these people. They haven't said what it is yet. Um, so this is introducing Gerd, who is a friend of his. She is a griffin, so she's this terrifying bird creature yes right yes and she is helping him um ambush his people to and she's gonna get the artifact and bring it back to him now gerd is helping falcon in exchange for omelets with ladybugs that's all she wants so and it's really important to note that her payment is omelets specifically yeah because she was basically disowned by her kind mm-hmm. because eating eggs is, is bad. Yeah, and so she didn't know that eating eggs was bad. Right. And so she goes out and she meets Spock and, like, she helps him or something. And, and he, he was injured. Right. And she and helped him. And he so, fed her an omelet. An, yeah, and she was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, this is delicious. So she ate a bunch. And then she went home, and her her people were like, you smell, you smell like, like eggs. eggs. <laughs> and we say eggs is because that's how she talks. Yes. She puts a lot of extra letters well, in her words. Because they explained it in the beginning, because griffins can see more than normal creatures can. Yeah. And so there is a difference between... Eggs and exes, or like blue, B L U E, and B L U with an amulet. Amulet. Don't forget the amulet. Those are two different things. You have to pronounce the amulet. (laughs) Respect the amulet. (laughs) (laughs) And there's so many references to the first book, and I love that too. Yes, I love that, and that is why we recommend going back and listening to the first one. We do. So that's this. um, That's Gerd's. This pretty much summarizes her whole dynamic. Um. So now introducing the people who are in the hut, that would be uh, Agape. Or Agape. We're not entirely sure how it's supposed to be pronounced because they're spelled the same. Right. However, later on, there is a poem that makes us think it's pronounced Agape. Right. So we're just going to go with Agape. Yeah. Um, So she's an Ovatar, which is like a sheep person. Person. Right. Um, she is with her parents, 
And um, so they, her parents are Varda J. Let me see it again. Because now I feel like there's an extra letter in there. Other way, Varda J. That's why Varda I said Varda J. Or Varda. Maybe it's like Sahita. Varda Hay. Varda Ha. Varda Ha. Varda Ha. Varda Ha. I don't know. They are protectors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of um, uh, Pini Atom. Uh, I was saying, like, uh, Automati? Automati. Automati. Automatic, yeah, automatic. That sounds like how we're gonna yeah. go with it. Peeny, automatic. It threw me because of the spacing on your word. Oh, sorry. That's okay. My scribble scratch. It's okay. It's fine. So Peeny Automati is this is the artifact. He is like a um, he's shaped like a person, I guess, but he's a, he's a robot, a golden yeah. robot. Yeah. And he doesn't really he's a metal man. Yeah, and he's really really old, and he doesn't really speak, and he seems to be. He's assumingly useless because he doesn't really do anything. And um, but for generations, Agape's family has been his protector. His protector, and they don't know why, but they do anyway. And they have to constantly, constantly be on the run to protect him. Right. So poor Agape spends her entire life running from place to place with her family, protecting this thing that. Really doesn't do anything. Yeah. But is her only constant friend. Oh, and it's Gnomeric. Yes. Peeny was made by gnomes. Yes. That's important. Um, and she has no idea why. And her whole life is basically running to protect until she becomes the... Vodaja, Vodaja, Vodaha, 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 I love, I love how you knew what I was trying to do. <laughs> and again, I'm singing on the podcast. That's like an Easter egg. <laughs> do, do, do. Do, do, do. Oh, um, okay, so anyway. so Agape's in this scene, Agape's parents are trying to attack Peeny. They're trying to kill him. Because they're like, we're sick of running around. We just want to settle down. You know, he needs to go. Yeah. They have spent their entire life not staying anywhere for more than three days. Yeah. And they're sick of it. They had a normal life. And that's understandable. You know? Right. And Um, Agape is like, don't kill my best friend. Right. Because, again, because they run around all the time, Peony is all that Agape knows. Yeah. Besides her parents. Like, yeah. so that's... And her parents are fucking crazy. That's her only friend. So she's like, no, you can't kill him. And because she protects him, she immediately becomes their new... Protector. Their new protector. <laughs> and so now Peony only responds to her. And once the parents realize that they're no longer the protectors, they're like, all right, bitch, we out of here. Right? We bought a house. We go and settle in. And you can come for three days, and then you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, give us some warning before you do. It's really, like, it's it, it's funny, but it's also really sad. Yeah, because like, I love how they went from, we're going to kill that thing, to, oh, okay, we out of here. It's Bye. your problem now. Your problem now. Yeah. Like, to their own daughter. Like, 
I mean, I understand that's their life, but... It's still really sad. It is. And that's not healthy. She basically is looking for her life to be the exact same. She's going to protect this thing until she finds someone that also wants to run around moving every three days until they have a child and the child becomes of age that the child can protect it. Right. And then she gets... That's all she knows. <clears throat> she doesn't know how to do anything else anyway. No. So that's that's what she wants to do. Yeah. Um. So they... So they say they're about to leave, but right then, that's when the drugs attack the hut. And if you've listened to the first one, or you read the first book, the house that they are in starts clucking like a chicken. Yes. And running around like a chicken. Okay, but wait, that comes comes a little later, though. It does? Yeah, because it cuts. Ah, damn it. I know. See, another thing about this book is that it does a lot of cuts, like cutscenes. In the beginning. Oh, yeah. Especially right now because all of our characters aren't together yet. So you're, like, trying to see all this in real time, I guess. You know, meanwhile, meanwhile. Right. It's all happening at the same time but in different places. Right. So they're going back and forth between all these characters until they all mesh together. So it, it's a, it makes sense in the book, but it's a little difficult to go through and, and talk about because... Right. It, it doesn't so make sense for us to switch topics all of a sudden. Like, right. <laughs> but you, just hang with us. It makes sense eventually. Right. This is not just because we're really drunk and sidetracked. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I mean, that's that's understandable with us, but it's not this time. Yeah. Although we're not really that drunk this time. No. In fact, I have you have way more in yours than I do because that's why mine's darker. I added oh. more juice. <gasps> no, I understand. <laughs> I didn't know how it would affect my medicine. So Yeah, yeah. And I drink a lot. So And I have to drive, so it's true. It's all fair. Yeah. It works out. It works out. Okay. So now it's cutting back to Kerosene. Kerosene um, finds this little house, and it's decorated with, like, sweets, you know. It's like a gingerbread house. And exactly. And the icing. And Your stereotypical. Gingerbread house. Yeah. <laughs> and then guess who lives inside? The witch from the beginning. Now, do we know which witch? Yes. Which witch? It was not one of the Moscato-drinking witches. It was the one that was like, the war! Yeah, I think. That's what I assumed. Okay. I don't know. They never made that clear. Well, the reason I thought... Well... Or if they did, it it was too subtle for me to to catch. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it's super adorable. Like, I love this part because um, Kiersey is looking for help. And the poor thing is, is soaking wet and her... She, she's looking for help. So she goes up to the house and she knocks on the door and the witch, there's like this scraping noise inside and Kiersey's like oblivious to the potential danger that she could be in. Right. And the witch comes to open the door and she's been like soaking her feet. It was really funny. Yeah. And the witch is like, well, yeah, I'll help you, but I have a problem with my oven and I need you to help me with it. Yeah. And so this little tiny gnome girl climbs up in the oven and is climbing around in there. And she sees something that looks like a skull. Mm-hmm. Burnt. Black. Charred. And she's just like, I found the problem! Uh-huh. Here's this head-shaped thing! And, but for a scary second, the, the oven door is closed. Yeah, and the it's, oven door shuts. And it's hot. Like, it's on. Yeah. And she's like, okay, let me out now. 
But she like, and the woman's like, "Oh, I, I, I am soaking my bunions." <laughs> She's like, "I thought you would take longer," and like for a scary second, you know, you think, "Oh, well." Okay, so do you think Kiersey was scared? She was because there was a line where she said, "Like, um, she had like a cold sweat, like she was nervous." Oh, okay, I must have missed that. Because yeah. I like at that just point being she was like, scared. Doo-doo-doo, have a little ditzy. Well, at that point, she was scared because, like, she's in this oven, and it's hot, and she's she needs to get out, but she can't. So she's getting a little panicked. See, I I saw her getting more panicked at the fact that the door was shut, not so much that she was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die because she's cooking me. Like, Uh, Well, maybe that was it. But either way, you know, she was very oblivious to this danger. Yeah. And, uh, but the witch does let her out. And she yeah. really was soaking her bunions, and she was like, oh, sorry, dear. <laughs> Get back out. And then when she saw the the charred, head-shaped object in Kiersey's hand, she was like, oh, that's where it, um, it was like a cinnamon bun or something. Yeah. It was some baked good that she was legit making that had fallen off the rack. And when and, she, like, broke it open, it was, like, cinnamon. Yeah, it was, like, cinnamony inside, <laughs> like, not a head. So it was... Very beautifully done when you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to die and it's the beginning of the book and I don't know it's what's like going on. It's like stereotypical storybook, you know. Villain. Villain. Moment. Witch. Yeah. Keep eating this person. And it was like, no, it's not. No. She's just, okay, here's a little, here's, here's the thing about this book and this one in particular is I like how they, they're constantly taking stereotypes, especially like, especially like a people like prejudices Mm -hmm. and they're making it a thing like they're like oh you think this witch is going to eat her but she doesn't right and like all these different um types of people these races like you know you got your gnomes and your halflings obviously the gnomes and the halflings don't get along or like you know all other creatures well just because this creature doesn't like this creature when they meet they're like oh i'm not supposed to like you and then they end up being like oh well you're just a a person just like me. Right. And that happens a lot in this book. And I feel like that is an overarching theme in this book is like... Well, and in the last one, it was it a was, large bit in the last one too, but it's more so... In this book, I think it's even more. Right. Um, but it's like a, almost like a, like a moral of yeah. the story is like, you know, fuck prejudice. Like... <laughs> Fucking prejudice. <laughs> But I just, I, I know. And I don't I don't think I'm reading too far into it. I don't think so either. Like, there's a couple different scenarios where they do. They take a very stereotypical type um, situation and then turn it around. Yeah. So it's so. like, that's not always the case. Right. Kind of thing. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so back to the story. Yeah. So yeah, so Kiersey gets out the oven and the woman's like, okay... Here you go, child. You can have an apple, and here's some provisions. And she just leaves. Yeah, and she just goes along her merry way. And Kiersey's made a new friend. Yeah, Kiersey does. She is one of the blah, 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 words. She strikes me as one of those people who can make friends super easily. And I wasn't sure if that was because she was a gnome, or if that's just her personality. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of the gnomisms are like, everybody's friends, and a neat house is a happy house, and, you know. That's true. I'm not sure. I would have, like, 
thrown out, you know, Offie, but he's not a stereotypical gnome. Right. And we don't really see much of Offie to see if that carries over to all gnomes. Right. So I don't know. It could it could be either. But she's just a very friendly little girl. She is. And I, I like her. Oh! You can curse people. Do you have a favorite character? Did we talk about well, Let's yet? finish introducing the main characters. And then... Okay, because we're about... We're about to talk about Mike. <laughs> I had a feeling he was going to be yours. <laughs> I love him. Okay, so introducing Boggy. <laughs> Boggy Beans. Boggy Beans. He is, oh my god, he's precious and adorable. I love him so much. Okay, so he is, he is a dwarf. And he is, he just left his, he lives in the mountains. And he just left, he is a, just coming of age mm-hmm. for dwarfs. I don't know what age that is, but he's coming of age. And it's a tradition for them to go on this sort of quest thing. Like, it's like a, I don't know, a coming-of-age quest that they have it's, to They have to, to go, in. and they have to take out their aggression, yeah. basically. So, some of them have more aggression to take out than others, and right. so some of them take longer, and they have this magic cudgel. Yeah. And it will, like change shapes as the situation arises and as his anger um, flares up. Mm -hmm. And he's out trying to get rid of his anger so he can live a happy dwarfy life. Right. So he's got to go get his anger out so he can go back home. His whole thing is he wants to go back home. Right. And uh, so this is called his Midspringa. Midspringa? Midspringa. So how we, we think it's pronounced. I think it's pronounced like that, and I think it's such a cool word, so I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> Even if that's not how you say it. He's on his meat springer. Oh, and I, I, like, the way I see it, though, I think this is why I pronounce it like that. It's like, it's like spelled M-E-A-D-S-P, no, S-C-H-P-R-I-N-G-A. And so when I look at it, I see, like, mead and spring. So I'm like, oh, that's their spring break. <laughs> <laughs> like, how perfect. Yep. He's on, he's on his spring break. He is away from his family, and no meat. parental guidance. Yeah, and meat is involved. I mean, why wouldn't Alcohol. It? Yeah. Perfect. Um, also, important to know is that uh, most dwarfs, but Baggy in particular, they are very good with herbs and medicines. and uh, They're naturalists. Yeah, yeah. So he always carries around this basket. And I picture it like a picnic basket. Because he's just that cute. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like all his little medicines and tinctures and his honey mead and Kind of reminds me of me. Yes. He's so cute. Anyway, but Boggy is a particular, particularly peaceful uh, person. Mm-hmm. So sure. he's like, yeah, so so he's like, okay, I got to go let out this anger. And he's like, but what anger? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the anger. And he's like, this should be easy because I don't have any. <laughs> but apparently the cudgel, like, lets them know when their anger is gone. Yeah, and his is still indicating that it's somewhere in there. Yeah, he still he still has to complete his quest, so he's yeah. going, and so he's traveling, and um, so he he's just you know traveling around, being cute little boggy, and he's like running out of supplies, and so he sees this little cabbage farm, and he's like, well, let me stop by and do a little trading and get some fresh supplies. So he stops, and ooh, the guy who comes to the door is just like a priest. Uh-huh. Except he has, like, little cabbage. Like a brooch? Yeah, like a cabbage brooch and then, like, yeah. a cabbage-shaped jewel on his hat. Yeah. And 
And it's a cabbage priest. Yeah, and apparently it's a thing that, like, there's, like, a cabbage cult <laughs> or something. Which is freaking hilarious! <laughs> and so Bob, he's like, oh, um, I'm just here to make some trade. I just need some provisions. And the dude's like, he's friendly enough. He's like, okay, yeah. So they, they do the little trade-off, and, and he's like, oh, well, why are you here? You know, let's consult my cabbages. Yeah, his cabbages predict the future. Right. And for some reason in particular, they predict, like, death. Yeah. In particular. Like, that's what... So, they... they and he's like, oh, I see you're on your meat springa or whatever. And he's like... Springa. He's like, well, let's see. And he's, like, going through the cabbages. And he's like, oh, this... And he cuts, like, the head off, like, violently. Yeah, and he's very like, violent. And Sorry. he's like, oh, this cabbage is saying that you will kill a halfling. And then another one's, like, vibrating. And then he goes, and he's like, oh, this cabbage is want you to tell me something. And he, like, rips the head off. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you will kill another halfling. Oh, you, you've got a lot of rage in you, don't you? And then he ke- kills off a third one. And it's, oh, and a troll. That's a lot of, that's a lot of kills there, friend. And Baggy's, like, not having this. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to kill anybody. And he notices his cudgel has started to change. Yeah. So he, like, starts freaking out because of all of this, like, death and destruction, and his cudgel starts to change, and he kind of loses it for a minute, and he attacks the priest. He does? Yeah. I thought he didn't. I'm pretty sure he attacks the priest. He, like, acted like he was going to, and then he stopped himself and left. Oh, yeah, he he does. He turns and runs. Yeah, that whole part turns him out. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, so Baggy's like, you know, I've had enough of this. I don't need to listen to this anymore. So he turns and he leaves and he decides that he's going to head for brooding. I don't know what his reason was. He's just like, I'm going to go to brooding. So, um, now we're back at a gate and you may continue with the chicken house now. Okay. (laughs) So the chicken house, it's shaped like a chicken and it starts running around like a chicken with its head cut off. And it clucks. And it clucks. And if you remember from the last book, there was a certain house that was like a chicken that a certain somebody didn't like because they hated chickens. My other favorite character. <laughs> Her name just escaped me. Potro. Potro, that's Yay. right. <laughs> um, so, yes, the... Um, Agape and her family were, were living in the chicken house that the witch had. Anyway. Yeah. Chicken house, and it starts running, and at one point it, like, starts flying. Yeah. And so things are just rolling around, and it's freaking them out, and they're trying to get away, and they're getting away from the halflings, but of course they can't get away from Gerd, the griffin, because right. she can fly. Right. And the house finally, like, lands in this big lake or pond. Yeah, it's like a real shallow pond or something. And they all get out. And then here comes Gerd, and she tries to pick up, um... Peeny. Peeny. I almost said panini. Panini. (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) Why am I still thinking food? I can't possibly still be hungry. (laughs) I don't know. Um... She tries to pick up Peeny, but because he's metal, number one, she can't get a grip on him. Her her claws just slide right off, and he's heavy. Yeah. So she's like, well, crap. I'm going to do the next best thing, and 
I'm going to take this sheep person. And so she picks up a gape and flies. And before a gape um, is too far away, she tells uh, Peeny to stay with her parents and to get her parents to brooding. Yes. So Peeny has to do that because that's what she told him to do. Yes. So, um, so Gerd and Agape were talking as she's taking her uh, back to Falcon, and she learns that Agape is a, a protector, one of the Vardajas. And Gerd has really deep respect for, that's cute, <laughs> um, for the Vardajas or whatever. Um, her people understand the significance of them. They understand that these people are appointed to protect very, very valuable, very like world, worldly valuable, like right, not just not, like grandmother's expensive ring, right? Like, like, it, like the whole world needs these things alive. And yes, protected. it's that important, and so she understands now that she needs to protect a gate because. A gate is special. Right. Like, she she has to. Right. And she's very conflicted now because Falcon has her loyalty because he feeds her exes. Yes. And, but now a gape also has her loyalty because she is special and needs to be protected. Yes. And so poor Gerd is extremely conflicted. Right. But she says, well, I'm going to take you to Falcon and... You just tell him what you told me, and we'll explain everything, and he'll understand, and this will work out. Right. So, she brings him to Falcon anyway. Now, we cut back to an old friend of ours, King Gustav. Gustav! Gustav! <laughs> Who is no longer a goat. No, he is a, he a person, and not just the person, he is the king. He's a real of, boy now. Of Pell. All of Pell. He's the king. And so here he is doing king stuff, checking his mail. And he's he's getting letters from gnomes um, telling him about the halfling bombs. And he's like, hmm, this is odd. And he's also getting letters from Lord Ergot, who's been saying things are fine. And if you guys remember um, from the last book, what the last thing that happened in that book was that Lord Ergot was like sending Gustav letters saying, hey... Everything's cool here, dude. Right. Um, Can't wait to get together and have some bro times. Yeah. Why am I doing this with my hands? <laughs> I don't know. At least I was doing, like, the hangover <laughs> side. Like, <laughs> 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 um, so, Grinda and Grinda is there. Yes. Grinda is still advising Gustav. Yes. And so, Gustav's talking to Grinda about this, and they basically realize that, okay, um, we do need to do something about the halfling bombing the gnomes, and they also realize that um, the gnomes are staying and brooding in the... the Where Lord Ergot is. Right. And And if everything is so hunky-dory, why hasn't Lord Ergot said anything about all of these gnomes that are suddenly... Yeah, all these refugees that are coming in. Surely he has some kind of strength going on, like... It's all very suspicious. So um, they basically decide that they need to go and see the Kanza Yarli, the Kanza Yarli, which is basically um, they're the leaders of the halfling gnomes. 
So the halfling and the gnomes, they kind of cohabitate. Yes. In the skyer, by the way. Yes. They live in the skyer. Not to be confused with the shire. shire. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I'm a son of fryer. The fryer. Oh, sweetie. No. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I drew the shade. I know, it's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. I wish I could draw like that. Well, I can't anymore. That was a long time ago. Oh, I bet you still can. Yeah. You just have to pick it back up. It's like getting muscle. It is. Um, anyway, got a little sidetrack there. Um, they're run by, like, the halflings and the gnome each have a person who runs them, but they run the town. Yeah, they county, run that whatever that area. Yeah, simult like together. Right, which makes sense. So it's one gnome and one halfling, and they are together the leader right. of this land. Right, and they're <laughs> they're called the Kanza Yarli, which is like you know two yarls. Right, right, right. So. Um, Gustav and Grinda realize they need to go and speak to them personally to sort this out. And, um, yeah, that's all for that scene. So, meanwhile, Afi, Ani, and their parents do make it to the refugee center. Mm-hmm. But it's not quite what they expect a refugee center would be. Yeah, no, it's, like, thrown together in a ping-pong A ping-pong palace. Yeah, is a ping-pong palace. Yeah. And... They literally just, like, threw shit together to make it somewhat habitable for gnomes. Yeah. Not in the way that gnomes would live in something, but just, like, rooms. They stuff them all in a, in a room. Yeah. And it's, like, a couple of them in each room, but it's still just a bare room, and, like, there's nothing. Homey or No. And there's, there's or... guards everywhere. And it's, like, they're very, very rude to all the gnomes. Like, it's it's not hospitable at all. It's more like a prison. Yeah, it is. Than a refugee center. And they're not allowed to leave. No, they can't. They have to stay there. Right. So, again, more like a prison. Yeah. So, um, everyone's feeling, you know, pretty down and, you know, they're all sad. And uh, Ani kind of kind of takes takes the lead. And he's, like... No, guys, we'll make this homey. We'll build it up. You know, we'll go and you know we'll throw Home things together. Yeah, we'll make some. We'll make some pudding and and you know we'll decorate and it'll be great. You yeah, know, we'll make the best of this. And so they all start getting like he he organizes everything and some people start decorating and cleaning and some people start cooking and yeah. he tells Offie he's like go find more usable supplies. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. I want you to explore and find what we can use. Yeah. So Afi's like, all right. And so he he's, he leaves the room and he goes see what he can find. And he happens to run into Kiersey, who is also with Foggy. And he's like, oh, my God, Kiersey, you're here. And Kiersey's like, oh, my God, you're alive. I saw your house blow up. Yeah, we, I thought you were dead. And don't forget, Afi is not the one that she gets all squishy for. Right. It's Ani. It's Ani. But the heroic Afi, one. Afi kind of gets all squishy for Kiersey. Yes. So it's like a, lo- it's likes a love Kiersey, triangle. But Kiersey likes Ani. Yeah. So so they're, you know, they talk and they catch up a little bit. And Kiersey's like, oh, we'll meet Boggy. I just I just met him just now. 
and Boggy's all like, oh, hello, friend, and, like, all hospitable, and, like, would you, would you like something to eat? <laughs> like, I can whip you up something, a tea maybe, and, and he's just, I love him. And, um, so they're all talking, and all of a sudden, Agape's parents show up to the refugee center, and they have Peenie with them. And uh, Agape's parents see Offie and Kirsten, and they're like, oh, my God, some gnomes. And they're like, or, do you, or in, either one of you happen to be a certified gnomeric gear hand, which is what is required to fix Peenie. It, like, says so, like, right on, like, an instruction manual or something. It's yeah, like, he has, like, a plaque on him that says yeah. that, that he can only be worked on by a certified nomeric gear hand. Gear hand. Right. And so, Afi is particularly um, mechanical, like yeah. his dad. And so, he sees Peenie, and he's automatically fascinated. And he's like, yes, I am a gear hand. Let me look at him. Even though he's not. He's not. He's not. But he's like, I need to see this wonderful creation. So, and, like, um, Agape's parents, they don't even question it. They're like, oh, good. You can have him. Yeah. And they try to leave, but, you know, Peenie tries to follow him. So, um, Offie's like, well, hold on. And he, like, presses, some, you know, some gears or whatever and, like, basically reboots Peenie. Yeah. So, so that he will no longer follow Agape's parents. Yeah. He, knowing what he does about the way that nomeric things are made, he knows that there has to be some kind of, like, override switch. Yeah. So he notices a couple of little buttons. I don't remember if they're, like, on the back of his neck or on the inside of his thigh or yeah, leg know. or ankle or something. I anyway, he pushes them in a certain pattern, and it it reboots Peeny. And Peeny can talk now. Yeah. And it gave his parents, they're like, he's not following us anymore? Cool. All right, bye. Peace and they just, they just leave. And they're like, you can have him. And they out of there. And, um, and I, I just have to, I just have to, no, I'm not going to read it, but, um, I just have to point out that, like, everyone's like, wow, what is this peeny thing, you know, like, this is an interesting thing, and Boggy's first response is, can I feed it? <laughs> like, he's automatically like, well, I have this and that, like, kind of food, like, do you think he, he would like it? <laughs> And Offie's just kind of like, he doesn't need to eat. Like, he's a robot. But You know what I just realized? What? I know why you like Boggy. <laughs> why? Because Boggy's a Hufflepuff. Aww. And he feeds people? <laughs> he's a Hufflepuff. I like to be fed. <laughs> you are Slytherin. He is Hufflepuff. I like Hufflepuff. That is why you like me? That is why. Yes. Yay. 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 Because that is me. I see somebody and... Especially, like, if I'm going to their house, so they're coming to my house, I'm like, oh, you're here? Shall I feed you? Yeah. And you're super sweet. And, like, happily puff. And Boggy is super sweet and cute, and I love him so much. And I do all of the homeopathic things. And... Yeah. Aww. Did, did, we, did we meet your favorite character yet? Um. Okay, so Boggy is my favorite, too, because <gasps> I... But I can't have the same favorite as you. Yes, you can. So Gerd is my other favorite. Who? Gerd. Gerd? Oh, my yeah. God. Gerd is great. I love Gerd because she's she, he, she. Is it she? She. Yeah, it is. She's so wise, but also kind of, like, not childish. That's not the word I'm looking for, but, like, 
I don't know the word. She's, um, her culture is different. So she's like, I'm trying to think of the word too. Like, not uncultured, but she's very childlike while being very, like, wise and, and, yeah. and, and and deep, but she has she's just precious, and I love her, and I love the way she says things, and she's just adorable. She is. Or is Falcon my favorite? I do like Falcon too. You like Falcon? I do. I love Falcon. Like I didn't at first, but the more you get to know him, I love Falcon. Okay, I just wanted this for later. Okay, so yeah. one of the big things about Falcon. And about all halflings in particular, is they take very good care of their feet. Yes, yes. Like, very good care of their feet. And, like, halflings typically have very large, hairy feet. Right. Like, that's what happens. But they take, they take, they take pride in their feet. So, Falcon has, like, different toe rings that he wears for different situations. And he's, like, always doing, like, foot baths and stuff and getting pedicures. Yes. That is cute. And it cracks me up. It's adorable. And that's also very important for later on in another episode. It is important. Don't forget. Don't forget. Yeah. Where were we? Oh, um, he wants to feed it. Yes, he wants okay. to feed it. So um, so now we're back with Agape, Falcon, and Gerd. And um, so Falcon is questioning Agape. And Agape explains that, you know, she's one of these divine protectors and Gerd backs it up and says, I can see her aura, and, like, she's legit. Like, right. this is a big deal. And basically tells Falcon, look, I have to protect her even from you. Like, and I don't I don't want to have to fight you, but I have to protect her because... Right. Like, I won't fight you, but I have to protect her. So right. we have to come to some sort of agreement here. Right. And Falcon's like, well, I can't fight Gerd because she can, like, eat me. So, <laughs> and um, they... Oh, she kind of explains to him what um, Peony is, and because that's what he's after. Right. And he's like, what the fuck? So he was told <laughs> that Peony was uh, illegal. Yeah, like he was something bad. And now he's finding out that, not to get political, but he's bad because he could help educate people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we keep the masses stupid. Mm-hmm. And because but we're not a political podcast. We're a book podcast. And, and because he's, he's gnomeric, and the drops are trying to eradicate the gnomes, basically. Right. And Peony in particular is very important. Well, we don't know why yet, but... But he's very important. When you find out why, you understand. Right. Uh... So, but Falcon is realizing that he's been lied to um, because his whole thing is that he's just trying to uphold the laws. And so he's like, okay, I, you know, I don't really like the gnomes because my friend that passed away, his name, he reveals that his name was Remy. um, And he was uh, crushed to death by a fallen statue that was not built to code by the gnomes. So now he's like, all the laws need to be upheld, especially for the gnomes. Right, because gnomes are bad, and they don't follow the law, 
and they're bad because they don't follow the law. Yes. And they killed my Remy. Yes. So, but now he's realizing that he's been been lied to by, um, by Dick. <laughs> the Dick lied. <laughs> always. The dick lie. always lies. <laughs> dick always lies. Never believe the Dick. Don't trust the Dick. <laughs> um, so he realizes he's on the wrong side. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to free you, Agape. And, well, <clears throat> and the, the drop, wow, I need some, can you get my water? Yes. <gasps> my throat said nope. That's what So the drugs that he's with, um, they mutiny against him. Because Falcon's like, well, we're letting her go. Right, and they're like, well, you can't do that. Dick says... This is the part. I can't. I can't. The big D. Big D? <laughs> big D says no. <laughs> oh my god. I can't. Why does his name have to be Dick? Well, it's because Mar- it makes it funny. Marky Dick. Marky. 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 You know, like a marquee cut ring. Marky. Marky. It's a royal standing, like in French. Marky so. Dick. Marky Dick. If I could just remember that, I would just say that. But no, all I remember is dick. (laughs) Do you remember the dick? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Anyway, so they fight, and um, they basically fight off all the drubs, but Falcon's fingers get broken in the process. Um, Agape says she's going to go to brooding now to meet up with her family. Um, Falcon... Says he has to go with her because he needs to find a healer because his fingers are all fucked up. And Gerd offers to fly them there in exchange for 30 ladybug oblets. Yes. And so they all go to brooding. So now all of our characters pretty much are in brooding. Mm-hmm. And of course, they all kind of meet up. So in the ping pong palace, aka the refugee center, we have. Um, Afi and Kiersey. Mm-hmm. Chris? Kiersey. Kiersey. I realized, okay, so I don't always see things in the right order, and for, like, half the book I was calling her Chrissy, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute, that is not her name. That's close. <laughs> um, Kiersey and... Foggy? Foggy. Mm-hmm. And Penny. Mm-hmm. No, that is not his name. Peeny. Peeny. Why can't I? I can't words. It's right here. Yeah, I'm Kersey, not Kersey, Offie, Boggy, and Peeny, and they meet Falk and Gerd in a gate. Right. So now they're all at the refugee center. Um, so Boggy's like, oh my god, dude, what's wrong with your fingers? Because Falk comes in and his fingers are like all crooked. Yeah, all <laughs> and, and broken and all. And Bo- Boggy's like, oh, 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 let me fix it. <laughs> so he like gets out some special potions and like heals his hands magically but he gives him a little too much, and then Falking kind of passes out drunk. <laughs> yes. He, he gets, well, he gives him some of the honey mead, which helps dull the pain. Yeah it's, yeah, it's to dull the pain and calm him down, and it calms him down just a little bit too much. Yes, and he he's, like, dose wrong. he's like, Remy! <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. Um, so, Afi's still tinkering with Peeny, and he manages to get him to talk for the first time in 
a long, long, long time. Decades. So, and Peeney says that his purpose is to lead to the Great Library, which is previously unfound and thought of as being a great myth. Yeah. It's been so long since anybody's even thought of it. Like, right. That they don't even know if it's real anymore. It's just supposed, it's, it's what it sounds like. It's a great library just where all the knowledge possible is like there. Right. And um, it's in Oaksva. 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 Oaksva? Oaksva. Oak? O-K-E-S-V-A-A. Yeah. Oaksva? Oaksva. So that's where it is. And Offie and Kiersey freak out because they're like, oh, my God, the Tome of Togethering is there. And the Tome of Togethering is like the original peace treaty between the halflings and the gnomes. So if they can get it, they can bring it to um, either Gustav or the Yarli and prove that the halflings have been breaking the Elder Laws. Right. So they're trying to help their, their family and their people. Yes. And then Gerd is like, if we go there, then I can find proof that, that eating eggsies isn't bad and I can go back to my people. Right. And that's all she wants is to go back to her people and be able to eat eggs. Yes. And so... And Falcon's excited just because he loves laws. Yeah, he's just like, laws! Yes! <laughs> a library of laws! Let's go! Which I have to admit, like, this probably is a little bit of why I love Falcon. Like, I have been in a law library, and I could spend hours in one. Really? Yes, because you look at these... Side note, I was going to school a long time ago to be a paralegal, decided that wasn't for me. But mm-hmm. I loved sitting down, and you start with one law book and you can find a law in this book and it tells you what the law is but then it references another thing and you follow that and then it references another one so you can follow that and it's like this treasure hunt in the law in the books and it is amazing and I love it oh wow yeah that does sound pretty fun especially if it's like something like really like an interesting topic yeah and and you can start with like a case uh-huh. And you'll read, like, all the case notes from this one thing, and then it'll take you back. It's just like, oh, it's so great. It's really good. It's really fun. So I That's totally cool. get why he's like, the law! Yes! The law! That's cool. I'm, that's cool. I, I, I never, I didn't see him in that light before, but that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I appreciate him a little more now. Yeah. Um, appreciate Falcon. Appreciate Falcon. I do now, because he wasn't one of my favorites, but that's, that's pretty cool. Um. And Boggy says it. he wants to go to because it's he thinks it's the perfect quest for his meet Springa. I'm not because sure why it's, it's just, the perfect quest. Except I don't either. He, he has says, friends. He, oh, he says, oh, because I can, it's a long ways and there may be violence along the way. Yeah. And so they're like, uh, okay. well, well, we're not planning on there being any <laughs> violence, but all right, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... So, so they decide to set off. And Kiersey, because she wants Ani to come, because mm-hmm. she's squishy for him, yeah. she tells Offie, like, go get Ani and come back and we'll, go, and we'll leave. We'll yeah. go. So he runs off to go get Ani. But then he realizes, like, he could go get Ani. Or he could pretend to be Ani. Yeah. And, and he, he, he kind of justifies it because he's like, 
Ani's a great leader, and my people here, they need a leader right now. Right. Like, so Ani can't just abandon everyone to go on this crazy quest. Right. If I leave, no one's really going to notice. And But then he also thinks if I go and I tell them I'm leaving, they're going to try to talk me out of going. Right. So he just decides to pretend to be Ani. So he takes off his glasses, mm-hmm. which we find out, unlike Holly and I, he doesn't need his glasses. <gasps> Excuse me. Good lord. And then he changes his sweater. Takes his eyeliner off. Yeah. And he pretends to be Ani. And he looks just like him. So he can go be next to the Kiersey that he's squishy for. Yeah. And go on this great quest. And then she's squishy for him, but not because it's him, because it's his twin, and that's not weird at all. No. No. I hope not. So, So he goes back. And they're all like, oh, hello. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm Ani. And off he told me everything, so I already know. But he's going to stay here and help with the family because yeah. he's a scaredy cat. Yeah, and somebody needs to be with my parents. And Kiersey's like, oh, that was great, greater of you to think of that. You're so, yeah. you're so you're great. You're so wonderful, Oh, Ani. my God. <laughs> and um, so they go. They, they go to embark on the quest. And, uh, but, and they're trying to leave, and the guards say, whoa, whoa, whoa. All of y'all can go, but these gnomes, they're not allowed to leave. They have to stay here. Yeah. Which is like, okay, this, like, this is a refugee center, not a prison. Exactly. Like, this is a huge red flag here. Um, so they do a little fighty-fighty, and long story short, they get out. All of them. And they run, and they get out to the outskirts of the town, and they're all like, you know, it's kind of chaotic, but they all get out. And when they all kind of get there and they look around at each other and Blackie somehow has a bee on a string. And, and he's, he's like, like walking down. Like, like someone was like, oh, and we're all here. And Boggy's like, yes. And plus one, I found Queen Buzzabeth. <laughs> and this bee is like on a leash and she seems like completely yeah. content with yeah, it. She's, like she's like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> she's just happy as can B. <laughs> and they're like, okay, that's cool. And so it gave, so at this point it gave, so like, okay, guys, you know, do y'all really want to come with me to do this? Like, none of y'all are obligated to. Like, I, I have to take Penny because I'm his protector. But, right. And so but I none have, of you all really want to go. So she, right. she is really conflicted because she's never had friends. She's never been able to rely on anyone. She's always expected people to turn on her and to be a problem. So she's very conflicted. And her friends, her new friends, are like, no, we'll go. Yeah, and I have I have to read what they say because, oh, my God. So everyone looked to Falcon as he stepped forward and solemnly knelt before a gate. I will protect you as we journey to the great library. You have my sword. Kiersey stepped forward to kneel, plucking a hair and tying it into an intricate design. And my cursed bows. Boggy trotted up and knelt, offering his picnic basket. And my snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Which is an amazing Lord of the Rings reference, if you guys don't know. And I just thought that was beautiful and amazing. And that is actually where... We leave you all. We're going to leave, yeah. Yeah, so... I know it's a little 
disjointed and confusing and complicated, but that is our cast of characters. Yep. Um, our story really has only just begun. We finally got all of our characters together, and they just started their quest. Yes. And we will begin that quest in the next episode. Yeah. So, thank you all for listening. Um, you now have two weeks. You have heard about the characters. You have two weeks. You can get the book. Buy it from a bookstore. Download it onto your Kindle. Whatever you have, however you read it, read it. And if you want to send us your favorite quotes, we will read them on the next episode. Yes. Um, again, you can send them to us. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Booklet Podcast. You can email us, booklippodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I do answer any of those that we get. Any communication that we get, I will answer personally. It's me. It's Paige. It's Paige. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you guys hopefully are staying safe and healthy and not going crazy and are soon able to get out and do things. Um, thank you again to all of the new listeners that we have. Oh, my goodness. We have so many listeners. It's wonderful. Oh, my God. It's a little scary, but it's wonderful. Thank you so much, guys. We love you all. We appreciate it so much. And uh, happy reading. Bye, guys. Bye.